Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com, joins us. Sir, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Mark, uh, I opened the show by saying, you know, a lot of times you have an anticipation for something and I always feel it's really cool when it lives up to it. Did you feel like Saturday lived up to an expectation? I thought it exceeded my expectations. Honestly, I thought that was one of the better games I've seen in a couple of years in person, and not even from necessarily an atmosphere standpoint. That certainly added to it. That had a lot of texture to it. That was just a really fun game to watch, and it was really well played. I thought they both I thought Penn State and Auburn played really strong football in, in a variety of aspects. It went back and forth. There were a lot of good players making plays between Chuck Clifford and Jahan Dotson and Tank Bigsby and, you know, Penn State's defense and the Auburn receivers. If, you know, if the Auburn receivers don't make some of those catches, unless they have the back shoulder throw, like, as right. a staple of their offense. Yes. Those yes. guys probably made a good half dozen catches that they had the contort twist. It was just fun football to watch and then you had the drama of some of the officiating decisions and the <laughs> fact that <laughs> the fact that you know Auburn has a chance to tie that game really you know yeah. late in the game and maybe one of the most unheralded plays coming out of that was Derek Tangelo's tackle I honestly kind of even missed it at the time I was still tuning yeah. over the leap and going oh he's, you know oh you know I thought he ran out of was pushed out of bounds or something I you know it was Derek I think James Franklin called it, called it a game-saving tackle, which it may well have been. Uh, it so was. Overall, yeah, yeah overall, just absolutely, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it exceeded what I expected coming in. Yeah, Hunter hurdled uh, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tangel, what makes it really great from the Penn State point of view is Tangel's a defensive tackle, and he kept right. himself in the play, and he got, that, got there and got him out of bounds. Who was about five, you know, he was seven or eight yards probably behind the play. Yeah. At the, at the hurdle point. So for a defensive tackle, to kind of run that down and run the angle into that and give him yeah. a chance to, to, you know, to another, you know, other red, another red zone stop, which I think was their fifth, right? Fifth out of 11. Right. I was just looking at some numbers. That's yes. five red zone stops in right. 11 tries. And you don't want teams getting into the red zone 11 times, but when you leave them out there without a, without a point, not even a field goal, that's no points in those five times. That, uh, that looms. Yeah. Uh, Sean Clifford, on the other hand, did not have an incompletion in the second half. He ended up going 28-32. Yeah. Look, you've seen every game of Sean's career to this point. What did you think of that performance? Oh, that was his best. I think, and to me, I don't even know... You know, numerically, I guess number two might be um, the Maryland game when he was around 80, 85% yeah. and had like a really strong streak. But that was his best from a situational standpoint. From But that game was also, I think it was, what, 59 nothing too? So there right. wasn't I mean, a whole th- lot of. This, this is uh, caliber of opponent. I mean, this yeah, is caliber of opponent. There wasn't drama too. in there, too. He had to keep coming. So and he, they had to keep using Sean Clifford, they had to keep going back to him. Um, he had to keep running offense. They, you know, they've had some issues running the ball and like, sustaining drives this year, so they had to keep coming back to him. So they had to put him in situations where, um, where it could be. Well, there's that interception that we've been kind of waiting for, and 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 
maybe anticipating from him because of you know recency bias from last year from when you look at that he had I think seven through those first three games so sometimes maybe in the back of your mind that lingers and he really I, I don't think he really necessarily came close to it aside from you know the the ball where he was hit at the end of the first half and just that turned into a you know, punt essentially right but he right. moved guys around the one thing I asked him after the game was uh, the, the, uh, Noah Kane's touchdown he looked at the side. You don't see them doing the check with me a lot, but he looked, and it looked like they changed. They, you know, they made some sort of play change or some sort of call change. And I asked him, "What'd you do there?" And he said, "No, I, you know, I don't change plays. <laughs> I don't do that. That's Coach Yurcich." But he changed into right. a great play. Um, he's got. He's he seems to have some more composure to me this year. He's moving guys around, and and they do a lot with his formations, a lot more motion. He's got a lot more going on than he's got to direct, and he he's really doing that very capably, I think. Now we'll get, we'll get to the tight ends in a moment, but uh, mm-hmm. one quick point about Jahan Dotson. I want to ask you about this because mm-hmm. Auburn does not play a standard. I'm the right corner, you're the left corner. Mm-hmm. They don't play the standard. I'm the boundary corner, you're the field corner. Roger McCreary moves around wherever your best guy is. And you and I both know McCreary's an NFL-level caliber corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so 90% of the time he was on Jahan Dotson. Not always, but 90%. Dotson still had 10 catches. What does that tell us about Dotson? And he had some... He had catches. He had the like the variety of catches again. Things where he was kind of scooping balls off the ground and twisting his body. Um, it's always been in. It's always been in his repertoire to catch. You, you you know he was going to make the catches he's supposed to make, and in these last two years, he's making those acrobatic catches. That um, yeah, he didn't really. I don't know if he made them when he was when he was just a younger player as he was growing kind of growing into his receiving talent. But you know, James Franklin's always, you know, as a freshman, James Franklin compared him to Jerry Rice in just, I yeah. think, the hands department. And now you've got now you've got a receiver who is kind of combining some of those elements we saw with, like, Chris Godwin. I mean, just, you know, the body positioning and the way he's able to um, – have his like catch radius, I guess, you know, in that terminology has got to be so yeah. huge for for Sean Clifford that you know Sean does not have a six four receiver really anywhere that in his you know in the stable aside from his tight ends, these guys are all you know, smaller. But John's just got a catch radius that he can almost play. He can almost kind of treat him as he's a couple inches taller because you know he's going to go. Yeah. He's going to go get the ball pretty much pretty much anywhere. And he's a threat mm-hmm. after. He's always, you know, he's more now, I think, this year, more of a threat um, with the ball in his hands afterward, which you see the, with the running the end around and stuff like that. They're putting the ball in his hands. Right. Well, you know, you try to get the ball to your best player. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean that's I – mean, I'll never forget the story about uh, – the. you remember the game winner against Michigan State that Bobby Engram scored on? It was supposed, yeah. to, be another, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be another play. And they called another play, and Joe overruled the play. And he said, no, whatever you call The play was supposed to go to Mike Archie. And Joe overruled him and said, I don't care what play you call, it's got to be to Bobby Engram. Our best player is going to win or lose yeah. the game. Well, that's, that's John Dotson. He's your best player. You're starting you know, to see that player. now. Yeah, you definitely are. Yeah. yeah. Um, the tight ends. Heard a lot about the tight end room. Look, there's only one ball. 
Okay. Well, it turns out that in the one ball, it's got a lot to Dotson, some to Parker Washington, some to Lambert Smith. Not so much to the tight ends until Saturday night. They had six catches for 130 yards. Yep. What kind of weapons can they be moving forward? Yeah, we. I think we knew that. If you follow the program, you yes. knew that those guys, Fred Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, were going to be those weapons, particularly, I think, Strange and Theo Johnson after last year. I mean, we knew it because uh, big bodies, real athletic bodies, again, a lot of – you know they can do a lot with the ball. They catch it well. They can do a lot with it. And this was a game. I'm, you know, I'm assuming my Mike Sitchin watching this game said, "Okay, here's a time that we might have a uh, the we can use these guys to their advantage, especially in the middle of the field." The play I did not realize this. I think until I saw a clip afterward. The um, the Brenton, I'm pretty sure it was the Brenton Strange catch, his 40 yarder, like the catch and run. He kind of yes. lined up. Essentially, he was a you know he lined up almost as a left tackle, and they had had Caden Wallace, um, and flanked out it almost as like a uh, yes a slot receiver, right? And that you know that play that just that field just like cleared wide open for Brenton. A really beautifully called play. So when you're going to move those guys and the way they're going to use them. Um, I don't know. I forget which run play it was. I think it was maybe a Noah Kane run. That Theo Johnson just like leveled the guy. So absolutely right. leveled him. So we knew they could block. And, and if you have that, or you have that opportunity, I think they had three catches. I had had three catches in the first two games for like thirty yards or something. You know, just yeah. not a lot. You know, not numerically. But if you have, well, you can concentrate them like that. Um, in, a, in a game plan, when when you don't think that they're going, when the opponent's not going to expect it, like you said, they're going to put their best corner on Jahan Dotson. Yeah, um, yeah. I, my goodness, there's now now your numbers. Now you you know you're looking at numbers of you know five guys on the field who can catch the ball when they're playing a two tight end set or something like that. On defense, Brandon Smith was named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, now, obviously. You know, Jack Ham when he was in college. Jack's always talked about going from the outside to the inside. Mm-hmm. And it took him a little bit. You know, he freely admits it took him a little bit to get used to the traffic pattern. This is the third game there. How much more comfortable does Brandon Smith look to you? He seems to be getting a lot more comfortable. The gradual sense, I think you notice it there. The tackle numbers, um, I thought were really good. He just seems to be... Um, you know, space was, I think, an issue for him last year and having to cover and having to cover a wide swath. He just seems to be probably right. with his personality and his um, way he attacks the ball seems a little more comfortable there. But then that's a smaller space that he's got to operate in, too. So he's got to weed. He's got to move around. And I see a little bit more. I, you know, I see more of that coming in. I remember Matt Millen telling me a couple of years ago that he thought Brandon Smith to be their best linebacker because of his linebacker instincts. So once I think he gets more into this, that you know, he had ten, you know, he had ten tackles and they weren't, you know, he wasn't making kind of pile on tackles either. I think six of them no, were no. solo, and yeah, and he was making, you know, he was making plays that matter. That's one of the things James Franklin said, is that you know they have guys who are making, they're making big stops. Teams are getting some of their, you know, teams are getting yards. I think Bigsby was going to get them and he did, He's but they're getting player. stop plays. In, in situations, and Brandon added to that. Absolutely. 
He is a Bigsby is a really good player, man. That He's is just good tremendous, right yeah. Woo, man, he is good. Uh just I walked out of there. I was impressed going in. I was way more impressed when I was yeah. done. I was impressed mm-hmm. to start with. Uh yeah. I think yeah, it makes a and not only that, I know he dropped it. We all know. We saw him juggle it. But everything Brandon yeah. <laughs> Smith did fundamentally as a linebacker dropping into the zone, reading mm-hmm. it, getting the ball. Every single part of it was what you teach a linebacker to do up until the part he juggled it. <laughs> yeah, up until the part he saw the end zone and probably yeah. got you know, eyes bigger than the stomach kind of thing. So, you know, They're a quarter of the way through the season now. So that's three games in. Uh, they are 3-0 and at this point. So what do we know today about Penn State football that we did not know on Friday night, September 3rd? Well, the biggest thing for me was that the defense has um, put 2020 uh, away. And, you know, I, I think they buried the numbers of that season. They buried the tape of that season. I was just looking at it. Um, I just remember that last year giving up a lot of touchdown passes. When I look back, the number is 15 touchdown passes that they gave up last year. They haven't given up one yet um, this year with four interceptions. Um, that's, that, to me, is a huge difference right there. They are – I think they've gotten maybe to the offense a little faster than I thought they might. I remember it taking Joe Moorhead till that, you know, four and a half games basically or three and a half games to kind of get into the offense so they got to the second half against Minnesota and I think you know Penn State looked like they had a real handle on it last week and even going back to the second half against uh, Wisconsin starting to get that handle I, you know I feel like they I just I, I see more poise protecting the ball being around the ball when it's the other team is not protecting it uh, I think it, you know plus five in the turnover margin, which is enormous right now. And one guy, I don't, you know, I, the other number I looked at was Jordan Smith or Jordan, so Jordan Stout might be the best, yes. most improved player. He was yeah. tenth in the Big Ten in putting last year. He averaged around like forty-one, forty-two yards, and now he leads Big Ten. Um, he had three three punts last year at uh, above fifty, and he's averaging that this year. Right. Um, and you and you added to his duties. You added, uh, you know, all the kicking, all, you know, all the the place kicking duties too. Um, field goals, uh, I mean. So for him to be able to juggle that so far, juggle that workload, and to be uh, to be a you know an extra member of the defense essentially, because you know you've got him as a backstop there on your offense. So that you know that can give uh, as you know that can give them. More confidence in being more aggressive offensively too. So I think that circle. I see, I see three phases that I didn't necessarily consider on September third. Like defensively, you don't know until you go in because they struggled last year. Offensively, you don't know where you're going to get with a new offense until you see it. You know, and special teams. There were some issues with that last year, and a lot of that has been cleaned. Always a pleasure, my friend. It's so great to have you on the show. Appreciate you very much. And my pleasure, Steve. Anytime. See you Saturday. See you Saturday. Mark Loganrich, SI.com, always doing great work.